Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast, brought to you by the parent company, Grow Program. Grow Program helps agents utilize online tools to help market and brand their agency online. Find out more information at www.growprogram.com. Also remember, we have a very strict antitrust and comments policy. You can find those policies online at agentsinfluence.com. Now, let your voice be the sound of your feet upon the ground. Let's go. Hey, this is Jason Cass with uh, Agents Influence Podcast once again, and uh Thank you for listening, and as you know that we are in the month now of June, and we're talking about technology, uh, wrapping up the uh, the topic of technology with technology going forward. Um, what is it going to be like in the insurance industry of the agent of the future, the industry of the future, the consumer of the future, which is the most important because that will be the thing that will shape who we are as an industry going forward. And today um, on the podcast, I have Daniel Burris. And I think there's probably a mixed review out there. Some of you may know who Daniel is. Some of you may not. Um, I know Jeff Yates, which is the executive director of the Agents Council for Technology, sends out his his Techno Trends newsletter uh, occasionally, every month actually. And I know it's a hot item that uh, it's not one of those things that I kind of put in the folder that I'm going to read later. It's one of the things that I put in the folder of I'm going to read right now. And so I am just ecstatic to have uh, Dan, um, Dan. And Dan, it is okay if I call you Dan, correct? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's right. So so once again, uh, Dan, if you would, give us a, a, a brief overview of who you are and, and what you represent, and uh, and then we'll dive right into uh, what we want to talk about. Well, I started uh, Birth Research, amazingly enough, 30 years ago. And what we do is research global innovations in all areas of technology, lasers, robots, genetics, fiber optics, artificial intelligence, as well as smartphones, big data, and all those things. And uh, 30 years ago, one of the things I did is I came up with a way of forecasting the future that has proven with my uh, six books that I've written that have been bestsellers and my Technotrends newsletter, which you mentioned, which is amazingly in its 28th year of uh, publication. And uh, all of the things I've done, the forecasts have been amazingly accurate. And um, uh, part of that is because I use the scientific approach. Uh, now, it's I have started six companies over the years. Uh, uh, four of them were national leaders in the first year. All were profitable in the first year. And I talk about how I did that, uh, of course, in my latest book, Flash Foresight. Um, and uh, before that, I taught biology and physics. Now, the only reason I mention that is there are two aspects to that. And number one is um, I used a scientific approach to forecasting the future, which, strangely enough, very few people have done. And uh, that's why I think it's been so accurate. And the second reason I mentioned my ancient history of teaching is that actually that's what I'm doing right now with you. Rather than just give you a bunch of predictions, I can't help but be a teacher. So what I like to do is to take those moments to teach and show you how you, the person listening to this podcast, uh, can be much better at predicting the future. Because, look, if you could anticipate the future and be right, you have a major advantage. You know, um, Jason, there's a reason I did not call my latest book Flash Hindsight. <laughs> and, and that's because uh, we got that down. You know, should have bought Google, uh, you know, about 10 years ago. Should have bought Apple about 10 years ago. Should have done this, should have done that. 
And the reality is too bad because you can't change your past. You can only learn from it. The thing I like about the future is you can change the future based on the actions you take today. And as insurance agents, uh, we get really busy. Um, and let me just mention something about being busy. We're the five top executives of General Motors every day for the two years before going bankrupt. Were they really busy? And of course, you and I know, well, yeah, well, look, it didn't help them. They went bankrupt anyway. And it's not going to necessarily help you either because we're in a unique period of time that will impact everyone, your customers, your future customers, and you as an agent. And it's and it, things are happening so fast that just trying to keep up no longer is enough. You have to learn how to anticipate. And that's what I'm really trying to help us focus on. Just to give you two little facts before we go any further, the uh, world's fastest supercomputer two years ago last month was disassembled. Why? Because it was obsolete. 43% of all of the global revenue of IBM last year came from products and services that were impossible to do two years earlier. In other words, uh, by the way, one other little factoid I'll throw out for you, and that is that um, uh, two months ago, it became the same price making a smartphone versus making a dumb phone. In other words, why would you make a dumb phone when a smartphone in reality is a computer? Not only a regular computer, but it's a computer, multimedia computer, that you can access supercomputers in the cloud, which means your smartphone can act as a live connection to a supercomputer. Have we really thought about that, what that's going to do, how, how that's going to impact sales, how it's going to impact marketing, how it's going to impact insurance, or are we just too busy? Are we really becoming a 21st century agency, or are we sitting back passively just uh, putting out fires, crisis managing, and trying to make the next sale? I think this podcast should be about how do we shape our future. That's right, and, and Dan, you, you're exactly right, and uh I love this industry. I think I say it all the time. The listeners hear me say it. It's got it's the greatest industry God ever created. Um, but it, but the reason why I took the the time to to do agents um, influence is to talk about things just like this because I do feel as if in our industry, and I think a lot of industries are this way. But we just kind of feel as if, you know, I've heard people say it, oh, Facebook is just the next new thing. Google will be gone here pretty soon. And whether all that is true or not is the fact that they just think that I think there's this conception across our industry and this thought that, oh, well, everything will settle down and it'll go back to the way that it was. And 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 I think that uh, I think you're probably leading into that. And when when let me ask you this, if you could get more and more detailed before we get into a, a, a specific topic. When you say that things are changing, we as agents out there hear this a lot. Things are changing in the world right now. Things are are progressing so fast that we're at a unique time in history um, to where it's only going to go faster. What exactly does that mean? I mean, what do you mean when you say we're at a unique time um, and and where we're going in the future? Can you? Can right, you... Well, really good question. And let me also just quickly back up to something you said about. Will Google be here in the future? Will Facebook be here in the future? You know, what we've got to ask is a little bit different question on that. Okay. And that is that Facebook and Google and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube all are companies that may or may not be here in the future. But the category of, of social media that they represent will be. 
for example, Facebook is about social networking, uh, which is different than Flickr, which is about uh, photo sharing, which is different than SlideShare, which is about sharing slides, which is different than LinkedIn, which is about professional networking, which is different than Google, which is about search. In other words, the, you have to stop looking at the category, uh, pardon me, of the, the company that's the head of the category, and instead understand what are all the categories and what are the new categories, because the leaders may change, but the category remains. So the categories are there. Whether those companies are there or not depends on how good they are. Just remember, the leader in search throughout the entire 90s was not Google. It was Yahoo. And, uh, and so Google has been the leader so far. But uh, does that mean they'll be leading? No, not necessarily. But we will have search in many different ways. Now, to, so I wanted to just clear that up. Now let's go into um, the idea of uh, how fast change is. Every agent, and a matter of fact, if you're a little older, you know that you've heard this before. Change is fast. Well, yeah. But we're not just changing anymore. This is what's different. We are transforming. And change and transformation are two very different things. Um, for example, uh, back in 1990, Barnes & Noble introduced the first book-selling superstore. And boy, they made a lot of money doing that. They put them all over the place. It was kind of like a Walmart of, of selling books. And that was a change. When Amazon came along and introduced a whole new way of selling virtual, uh, a virtual bookstore, basically, they didn't change how you sell books. They transformed it. Uh, when I was a young guy, I could listen to uh, one album for spinning disc, 33 and a third. And as I got older, there was a change that came along. I could get one album per smaller spinning disc called a CD. And that was a change. Now I've got all my music and all my photographs and all my videos and access to the world in something called my smartphone. That didn't change how I listen to music. It transformed it. So here's what I want, Jason. Here's what I want all of our agents to understand. I'm going to give you a prediction based on what I call the certainty of hard trends. By the way, I'd love to talk a little more about certainty in a minute. But here's something that will happen. And that is over the next five years, starting to happen already, we are not just changing, we are transforming how we sell, how we market, how we communicate, how we collaborate, how we innovate, how we train, how we educate. So what's different, Jason, is if you're just changing those things and doing it rapidly, you're going to be in trouble. You need to be looking at how you transform those things using the new tools that are out there now. And that, uh, frankly, is where the big deal is here. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, see, that, that may make some people feel uncomfortable and probably does a lot, Dan. That makes some people like me and people who are trying to do things drastically different, not necessarily changing, trying to transform the way, who are getting pushbacks from other people in the industry and saying, that's not the way we should be doing it because that's not the way we did it. Personally, it makes me feel better. So, that is uh, that is that is pretty awesome. And when you want to talk a little bit more, um, you 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 described it exactly about why this is unique. We're not changing; it's transforming. You gave some great examples. When you talk about certainty, you said you wanted to talk a little bit more about certainty. What what do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, this is a very powerful concept. Uh, there's actually what I call a science of certainty. And um, first of all, again, uh, in an uncertain world, we have to ask ourselves: Are we certain of nothing? And the answer is, oh, we can be certain about a lot. For example, uh, I know that it is spring followed by summer followed by fall. I'm certain of that. 
Uh, I know when the next presidential election will be. I know when Father's Day will be. As a matter of fact, if you talk to an astronomer, they can tell you the exact day there will be a full moon in March of 2030. And by the way, they'll get it right. We know that the stock market as a whole goes up, it'll go down, it'll go back up again. Uh, Warren Buffett has done very well with that certainty. And by the way, those certainties are cycles. There's over 300 known cycles, business cycles, weather cycles, biological cycles. There's even sales cycles, especially more in the property casualty field. Uh, by the way, I would rather have the sale completed before the cycle begins because I don't like to compete, but that's just me. Anyway, you, you have all of these cycles, and economists are trained in the study of cycles. But um, what economists, the reason economists have been increasingly wrong lately is because they don't know about the other kind of change, and that is linear. That is, once you get a smartphone, you're not going back to a dumb phone. It's not a cycle. Once the people in India uh, get refrigeration for their home, they're not going to say, we don't need refrigeration. Once the people in China park their bicycle and get a car, they're not going back to the bike. These are one-way linear changes that have profound consequences. So you can separate what I call hard trends from soft trends. Hard trends will happen. I'm certain about it. You will be, too, when you hear that it's just a few more minutes of this. And soft trends are the ifs and maybes. They might happen. So uh, let's just talk about uh, the iPhone 6. No one's seen that yet. That isn't even out yet. Do you know anything about it, or is it just completely uncertain? And their answer is, you know a lot about it. For example, will the iPhone 6 have a faster processing chip than the iPhone 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1? The answer is, of course, yes. Are you certain? Of course. We've got 3G wireless now. We've got 4G wireless. Is that it? No. We're going to have 5G wireless followed by 6G wireless. Uh, we're putting a lot up into the cloud. Well, do you think the cloud's getting full? No. cloud's not getting full. Plenty of room up there. And um, when we look at, uh, now let's ask a more profound certainty. Based on what's happening with mobility and our smart devices and tablets and the fundamental shift that's taken place, which means our primary personal computer has shifted from our laptop to our cell phone, which is now a smartphone. By the way, it doesn't mean that the old goes away. Do we still have mainframe computers? Answer, yes. Uh, we're just using them different than 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And we will still have laptops five years from now. You're just not going to use it that much. Uh, because your main computer is your tablet and your phone. Now, am I certain about that? Yeah. Is it an if or a maybe? No, it's a future for sure. Um, what companies, what agencies will use smartphones to gain competitive advantage and to sell more policies and to connect better with their people? Well, that's a soft trend. I'm not sure which ones will take advantage of it, but it's going to happen. You see, there's a strategy, there's a principle I'll share with you, and that is if it can be done, it will be done. If you don't do it, someone else will. So when you, if you're excited about technology and you're going to uh, someone that is in control of the finances of whether you buy it or not, two things I'd like you to do. I'd like you to use uh, the closing power of certainty. By the way, every agent listening to this is in sales. Uncertainty opens a door to a sale. The ultimate sales principle is certainty. When you're uncertain, you don't sign the contract. When you're uncertain, you don't start a business. When you're uncertain, you don't get the money. When you're uncertain, you don't move forward. But when you're certain, you have confidence in moving forward. You have confidence in signing. You have confidence in saying yes, because you're certain. 
So I need to focus on what I am certain about and use the power of certainty to get what I want. So instead of going in with the senior guy who has all the money and might be a little bit older or gal and saying, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. You instead, you come up with the things that you know are happening, whether you like it or not. And by the way, if our agency doesn't, someone else will. So you have those certainties. And then you do one other thing, and that is you arm yourself with the cost of saying no. You see, it used to be saying no was inexpensive. It was cheap. You know, matter of fact, that was the way I didn't have to spend money. I'd just say no. But today, no is more expensive than yes because the world is transforming whether you are or not. So I want to have the cost, both in loss of competitive advantage, loss in sales, loss in all kinds of things, loss in branding, loss in being able to attract and retain the best talent. I want to have all of those losses in that I can put on the table so that when I'm saying, now I want to get this technology, let's say, I want to get this new format or whatever it is you're going for. And But before you give me a yes or no, let me just tell you how much the no costs. Because what you're going to find at this point in time is that the no will cost more than the yes. One other thing I, let me just share, and that is many of us listening to this are not technologists. Hey, we're, we're into sales. We're in the human-to-human, eyeball-to-eyeball, handshake-to-handshake kind of business. Two things. Number one. I don't want you to be a technologist. I want you to be good at what you do, but you have to understand what the new tools are. You don't need to know the physics of a telephone in order to use it, but you need to know it exists or you can't use it. And you've got to creatively use it. Let's face it. I know people that can pick up a telephone and make a million dollars. I know other people that can pick up a telephone and lose a million dollars. The difference isn't the phone. It's what you did on that phone. So it's not about the web. It's not about having an app. It's about, what are you doing on that app? How are you using it? How are you leveraging it? Um, so, you know, it's, it's that. And then the, the uh, second thing is, uh, uh, again, the, the certainty of these things are indeed happening. So where do you want to be? Do you want to be disrupted or do you want to be the disruptor? The reality is you have a choice. Wow. Fantastic. Whew. Yes, 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 yes. So there is a lot of uncertainty out there with the agents, but as as you're saying, by looking at the things that you're very certain about can help you overcome some of that uncertainty. As I love your principle, I mean, if, if it can be done, it will be done, and if not by you, it'll be done by somebody. Is that, that basically was it. And, um, and uh, wow, yeah, that's awesome. And, Let's then, and then, Jason, you know, you wanted to talk about uh, a concept I know of uh, time travel. Yeah, uh, I think now is a good time to bring that up because uh, I want to relate that to your uh, to our customers. And so the concept that I uh, have shared is the time. I call it the time travel audit. And the idea is, is that you can time travel backwards. Uh, right now, you can go to the, along the Amazon River and be going back a thousand years. There's people with blowguns and spears, loincloths. Hey, it's like going back a thousand years. But you can also go into some companies today and feel like you're going back a long time in history. Matter <laughs> of fact, you can go from individual to individual and feel like you're time traveling. See, some people are look at the good old days are in the past. Uh, by the way, when it comes to insurance and sales, personally, I believe the good old days are actually in front of us because 
we're in a human business. It's a human world, and we have the tools to transform. So the good old days, I think, are just ahead rather than behind us. And uh, it's a different way to think, but I want you to think that way. And the, uh, so there are people and customers that we have that are alive and well living in the past. They don't have smartphones. They don't have iPads. Matter of fact, they're very proud of the fact that they have a dumb phone. And that's okay. No problem. They're kind of in the past. There are people that are in the present. Maybe many of the people listening to this are in the present. And then there are some of us that are in the future. We like keeping track of what the latest stuff is. We like to get that. Some of you may even be thinking about getting those Google glasses and seeing how they might work. So some of us are in the past, some are in the present, some are in the future. When I'm talking to a customer, I want to quickly assess, are they past, present, and future? Because I don't want to go in with some smart Google glasses on talking to somebody who is alive and well living in the past and, and uh, proud of the fact that they have a dumb phone. Right away, they're not going to want to talk to me. I want to assess, and you can do it quite quickly, how techno-savvy they are, where they are, and then I want to get into their time zone with them. So I may go in with some paper, and I may go in with my iPad. And as I start to talk to them, I can get a great sense of whether I should pull out some charts and graphs as I used to five years ago, or whether I pull out the iPad. Because, you know, frankly, if you're talking to somebody like me, and you're pulling out pieces of paper, I already know that you're not in touch. I already know that you're a time machine backwards, and do I want somebody representing me that doesn't even, isn't even up to speed? On the other hand, you see where I'm going? Yeah. So I want to do an assessment um, of where the people that I'm working with and who I'm talking to is. So if I'm going in to speak to someone who's senior to me to get money, I don't want to go in all too excited about the tech. Instead, I want to look at what is their pain, what is their personal pain, and uh, how can the new technology ease their pain because of the certainties of those technologies. That's when I'll start getting the money. So time travel audit is a very powerful tool. Secondly, for agents, I don't want you to be a technologist. I want you to be aware. And, uh, and by the way, you can bring in technology people. And then one last point that I think is really important for all of us, and that is, I mentioned the word certainty, and that is, one I, number one certainty is that the future is all about relationships. And I believe that that's something everyone listening to this is really good at. And by the way, all relationships, good relationships are based on trust. And trust is earned through values like honesty, integrity. So what I want to do if I'm implementing any new internal process or some new thing, I want to make sure that I'm raising the bar on trust rather than diminishing it. For example, uh, let me just ask you, Jason, do you trust your cable TV company? Um, I, yes, I do, I guess. I have no reason not to trust, not trust them. Yeah, well, I have, I have very low trust in them because uh, if I ask them to do something, it doesn't mean that it's done. A lot of times I have to call him back to get it done right. And then I have to, and then the guy comes out to do some work, and he, uh, and I got to call him back because he didn't do that good work either. And uh, and you know, if you take your phone company right now, and we're done with this call, call whoever your carrier is, AT and T, Sprint, I don't care, and tell them you're going to cancel, you're going to switch. What'll they do? Well, they'll give you a better price. Does that make you think? Uh, what does it make you think? How long have I been getting ripped off? Yeah. So I'd trust our phone company. And I'd say, well, probably not. Now, uh, the reason is they're teaching us the wrong things. But as agents, we want to be teaching people the right things. So I don't want to ever seem self-serving. 
I want to be definitely serving them. And I want to use every opportunity I can to uh, complete and get their total trust, even if it means recommending something that I can't sell. Why? Because I want to be a strategic advisor I, to them. I want to be a trusted advisor to them, a personal trusted advisor, rather than somebody who's selling some products and I have a line of things to show you. Yes, 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 yes. That's great. And and I like the way you uh, you talk about the time travel out. It's almost assessing somebody like we've been taught as salespeople on a personality way of trying to match their personality. And what you're saying is, is are they part of the past, the present, or the future? And uh, I've really never thought of it that way, but that is... That is very true. If I try to uh, whip out an iPad on somebody who has a, what you call a dumb phone, um, you know, you're, you're going to probably lose them. There's a reason why they may have the dumb phone because they don't have any interest in going there. And I, I do love that. And obviously what you're saying also is you could probably take that not only with the consumer but the people that you're working with inside of your office. And then maybe, maybe that should be something that whenever you're hiring people, I mean, am I correct on that, that you should be looking at, does it fit the culture of the time zone you're in? Yeah, exactly. And by the way, if we're hiring, trying to hire the best and the brightest, <clears throat> I don't want my agency to seem like a time machine backwards. Let's face it. The kids today, they play their Xbox 360s, their uh, doing uh, video conferencing with their team that they're playing their game with. They've got full interspatial three-dimensional simulations on those gaming machines. Then they go to school and they feel like they're going into a time machine backwards. How motivated are they? Very true. Very so, true. So when an agent, when somebody's applying to work for you, uh, I don't want them to think, gee, I'm going into a time machine backwards getting a job with these guys. Rather, I want them to see, no, what this is is an agency that's focused on being a leading 21st century agency, and I'd like to help them. So I want to be able to manage that. And, uh, you know, so I, I want to make sure that, uh, uh, that we are not heading towards protecting and defending the past, but rather embracing and extending the future. That's right. And I hear that a lot, what you just said, Dan, from young agents out there who talk to me um, and tell me all the time that uh, one of the reasons why they left the a a agency is because they knew they shouldn't have started anyways, because when they walked in, they felt, felt like they were back in the Stone Ages just with the way, I mean, seriously, I the, the first agency... Um, I started in, even though I've, I've only been in the business 12 years, but one of the first agencies, I'm, I apologize, the second agency that I was in um, started there back in 2005 when I walked in. They all had typewriters at their desk. They didn't get rid of those typewriters till 2008, and we had to actually get rid of a couple people because they refused to actually not um, to fill out some of the forms that they needed to fill out on the typewriter. It was unbelievable. Now, well, let's, you know, let me jump in and just say, if I was the head of an agency, and I had just, uh, inter had just, we had just decided to hire you as a young pup in the agency. You know, one of the things I might do is say, <clears throat> we've got a strategic meeting coming up. We're making some very important decisions about the agency. So, Jason, I'd like you to attend that meeting because I want an outside view. I want a young person's view. I want a different perspective. But this is a very important meeting, but I want you to be part of it. Now, what would that say to you? as a young, excited person coming into that business. You're vested in making yourself better and transforming to the future. And I'm interested in a younger person's opinion. You don't have to wait until you're 50 or 60 to be able to talk uh, to at the highest level uh, and share ideas. 
number one reason why we're lo- using losing young people, Dan. That's it right there. They don't they don't feel as if their voice is being heard. And uh, and sometimes I think that the, the the agency owners out there. I'm an agency owner now, so I'm not picking on them all. Um, I think that sometimes they don't want to hear that voice because they realize what the voice actually means, and that they actually even know what some of those things are that that voice that young voice is going to portray and going to project. But but we'll, 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 we we could go on and on for that forever. And I don't have much more time with you, Dan. And so I want to I want to talk about a couple other things. Uh, um, you know, Jason, I know you do, but there's a key point that fits okay. just what we said. I want to take a second. And okay. That is, All right. There is a war between the young and the old in every agency right now. It's unspoken. The war is the young people look at the older people and they think to themselves, these people don't get it. And by the way, you're probably right. And the older people look at the young people and they think, boy, they don't get it. By the way, you're probably right. But the point I'm making is you they both get a perfect match because, for example, I've been um, uh, working with CEOs around the world and and, uh, you know, helping companies in all different industries uh, do a lot of transformation. And um, but I don't think like my nephew, uh, Ethan, who is in high school, I don't think like him even though I've been using technology for decades and decades. Um, so I need Ethan's perspective if I'm going to really do something cool and innovative. Yet Ethan, he hasn't been around the world. He hasn't worked with executives like I have. He needs me. You know what? We need each other. So let's end the war in our agencies of the young and old. Let's realize that we actually need each other more now than ever before. Amen. Woo. Amen. Just that that's a very simple concept right there could transform this industry. Dan, thank you very much. That's a war that uh, you both need each other. Wow. Awesome. I want to talk also for a short second. There's a couple questions I want to get here about some qualities in the leaders and stuff um, that uh, I, I've cut, brought up myself and also Jeff Yates asked that we ask a couple of these. And um, he, he's, a, he's a fantastic person in the industry. I want to make sure his voice is heard in this. You also talk, though, you have some videos out there. I put the links um, to all the listeners out there in the in the. Um, emails that delivered this podcast and also on our blog at agentsinfluence.com you'll also right underneath where you're listening to this podcast there will be links to this and it's called know what is next it's a video series that uh, Dan has been doing and has been talking about a lot of things and he talks about change out there and intelligence and all different types of things one thing I want to hit right real quick uh, is uh, the text-based marketing I, I encourage you to go watch that video um, and and tell us a little bit uh, Dan about uh, some of this this marketing that you're doing yeah well first of all the know what's next videos are anywhere from uh, two minutes up to about four minutes in length and I'm creating probably about two a month so uh, you know keep looking at those you can even go to my YouTube channel under Daniel Burris and there's a channel for uh, know what's next you can kind of find them there as well and um, uh, text-based marketing is really powerful I, I do have one of those little know what's next on that and what uh, interesting IBM research shows that um, 90% of email marketing goes unopened and obviously unread and obviously unacted on. Yet, 90% of text-based marketing gets acted on when it's permission-based. <clears throat> so several years ago, I developed an app that uh, I use personally. And uh, it's, a, it's an app that can install on any smartphone very quickly without having to go to an Apple store or a Google store or, you know, for the Android or any of that kind of stuff. And frankly, here's what I want you to think of it as in the insurance business. It's your new card. You know, you give people your business card. 
Hey, stop giving them a business card. Give them your app. It takes seconds to be able to do it. It's personalized. It has all about you. It has what you offer, and it's got value add to it. And um, you, how do you get it? Well, you give them a text number. For example, right now, if you started a new text right now on your smartphone, and you texted, uh, the number would be 99000, and the message is Dan Burris, all in one, uh, no spaces. So it's D-A-N-B-U-R-R-U-S. And you text that to 99000. What you'll get back in just a matter of seconds uh, is you'll get a link. And if you click on that link, bingo, oh, that opens up my app. Think of it as a virtual calling card. But it's got a lot of value to it, just like yours could. And uh, now the minute that you've done that, by the way, I've got your uh, email. Uh, I mean, pardon me, your uh, your uh, cell phone number uh, for future marketing, which, by the way, I would not do every week or every month. I would do it uh, occasionally so that when you get something from me, you're going to value it rather than you get it so much from me that you want to get rid of it. So text-based marketing, we don't want to make the mistake of uh, that many of us have made with email and just plug up everything with it. And in that text, uh, um, when you open it up and you get that app, um, I'm giving you, uh, first of all, access to, uh, there's my phone number, there's my email address, but you've got my Twitter and my LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I've got 60-something thousand followers on Twitter because I give a lot of value there. By the way, I think our agents ought to be doing that giving some value. What would our customers want to know? How could we help them get start getting value out there? I've got access to my blogs. Right now I've got over 3 million people reading my blogs on a monthly basis because I'm doing this kind of thing. And uh, also I'd like to think I got some value there. But anyway, I also have a newsletter, Technotrends newsletter, I charge for, but, um, and it's in, been in 28 years, but I give you a, uh, a, a trial, a free trial subscription on there. So bingo, there you go. And by the way, you could all do that right now if you don't get the newsletter. Um, by the way, now that you've done that, what did I just capture? Well, now I've got your email address as well. So now I've got your cell phone number and your email address, and I can do really good integrated target personalized marketing to you uh, to not inundate you, but again, give you something that you could really value. I also have access to my uh, YouTube channels and others. So uh, by the way, if anybody wants to uh, create a text-based system like that, uh, there's a resource I could give you. Uh, the guy's name is David Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E, and his, uh, uh, I'll give you his number. His uh, number is 503-516-9432. Uh, he's based in Portland, Oregon, and if you wanted to email him and ask him more about it, it's david at David Clark. Uh, C-L-A-R-K-E dot net. And basically, the reason I want to share that with you is he's worked out a way with the text marketing companies to do something that they normally don't do because of the volume he deals with. And that is the customer, in this case you, if you want to do this, own the database. In the past, uh, or, or with any, uh, not in the past, but with any other marketing, text marketing company, they own the database, and that's how they keep you from being able to switch to a different company. But uh, the agreement that David has with the carrier that uh, he has used <clears throat> and is using is not only a super low price, which you'll like, um, but he also has uh, worked out a deal that the you own the database. So if you decide you want to move to somebody else, you take your data with you. 
So uh, I think David does a great job. That's why I'm recommending him. Fantastic, Dan. I appreciate that. That is awesome, and I and I love it because just by clicking on that right there, they can just click install. They don't have to go to an app store, as you said. It works everywhere. Let me close this up now, Dan, because we've got just a couple more minutes here, and I want to respect your time and the listeners. Let me ask you a question. What are some qualities in a business leader do you think that will position him or her for uh, the greatest success in the future? Can you give me some of those qualities? Yeah, well, there are timeless qualities that have been true not only this year, but five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 100 years ago that leaders need to have. But let's remember that a manager, you what you do is you focus on uh, uh, changing how people behave. A leader focusing focuses on changing how people think without telling them what to think, just like I'm doing here. I'm trying to change how you think about technology, how you think about your future, how you think about text marketing, how you think about apps, but without telling you what to think. I'm just changing how you think about those things. So a leader focuses on changing how people think. Another thing is that a leader can't only be reactionary because that used to work and it got us from there to here. But remember, there's a reason your windshield is larger than your rearview mirror. We aren't going backwards. We're going forwards. <laughs> so now we have to be anticipatory. And uh, that means we have to use hard trends and certainties to get, a, to get ahead of the curve without being on the bleeding edge of that curve. And by the way, if, if uh, people have not had a chance to uh, read my latest book, Flash Foresight, I think you'd really like it because I teach you more about how to do that in there. Awesome. Awesome. What are um, what are some of the most important chari- um, characteristics of uh, the employees that we need to hire in the future? Well, uh, let's remember that, uh, uh, let's go back to the time travel audit. And that is that I know old people that are young and young people that are old. So it doesn't have to do with whether they have gray hair or not. It has to do with their mindset. It has to do with their attitude. So I believe that you hire for attitude and then you train and educate later. So, you know, where are they? Are they, uh, are they feel, if they're really firm in feeling that the good old days are behind us, I don't think I want to hire them. If they aren't uh, flexible and interested in not only changing but transforming and helping us to do that, I don't know how valuable they'll be. Uh, so a rigid way of thinking is something I'm not looking for. But if I've got open-minded people that are willing to learn, willing to grow, and want to help us move forward and do whatever it takes, they don't have to be a technologist. Uh, I just need the right attitudes because, you know, I can hire a technologist. And by the way, if the high school kids are too expensive, try the elementary school kids. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so I'm looking for the personality. I'm looking for the attitude. You know, that's what's new with that. That's what you've always been doing. But I don't want rigid thinking and people that are afraid to try new things because we're transforming every business process over a five-year period. I want people that are excited about that rather than threatened. Fantastic. Dan Dan, Dan Burris from Burris Research, you have been fantastic. Um, for all the listeners out there, Dan has told us that uh, he would uh, be willing to come back and do a part two of this at some time. I've got about 10 questions here I didn't get to. He talks about certain things. Uh, please go check out his um, Know What's Next videos. I, I saw one on there last night. I was watching it. Was uh, He talks about the 3D web and the 3D web browsers. Um, I've got to respect Dan's time right now. He's got other things he's got to run to, as you can uh, obviously hear from who he is and assume he's a very busy man. So, Dan, we appreciate you coming on. Do you have any last thing that you want to say before we close this out? 
uh, take at least one hour a week to uh, unplug from the present and plug into your future. It's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. Ask yourself, what do you know, instead of being stopped by all the things you don't know. Ask yourself, what are you certain about, instead of all the things you're uncertain about. And you will find some amazing insights. Wow, thank you very much, Dan. Once again, to all the listeners out there, thank you for listening. I hope we're providing value with this. Uh, Dan has been fantastic. We've got had a, we've got some more interesting things. This is going to be a hard podcast to overcome with some of the insights and some of the hard trends and soft trends and just the uh, certainties that uh, he's talked about. And I really think if we just listen to that and when we're running our agencies and let's we're we're uncertain about a lot of things, but let's start by what are we certain about? And I think that can help us overcome a lot of those uncertainties. This is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Um, please be sure to leave your comments on agentsinfluence.com. And uh, until next week, thanks for listening.